Welcome to the DLEI Fintech Conclave 2024 podcast series brought to you by the Digital Lenders Association of India and India Fintech Diaries. I'm your host Elroy Saran. In our first of many podcasts in this series, we are joined by Jatender Handu, CEO of DLEI. Jatender is a seasoned professional with expertise in fintech and public policy, specializing in inclusive finance. He held a significant role as the Vice President of State Initiatives at Mfin, India's premier microfinance industry association, and played a pivotal role in establishing strategic relationships with stakeholders such as NABARD, SIDBI, World Bank, GIZ, and global corporate foundations. With a diverse educational background from institutions like IIM Udaipur and Duke University, Jatender has a strong foundation in public policy and digital finance. His career spans roles in rural retail banking, commodities business at HDFC Bank, and leadership positions in fintech firms like Fino Paytech, very spearheaded digital finance initiatives for the underbanked. Jatender currently leads the Digital Lenders Association of India as their CEO. Today we talk with Jatender on the recently announced framework for self-regulatory organizations (SROs) for fintechs and the implications for the industry. Welcome to India Fintech Diaries. the show for all things indian fintech today we begin a brand new collaboration with the digital lenders association of india on the occasion of the dlai fintech conclave 2024 towards the end of last year the rbi announced the draft framework for the self regulatory organization or sro for fintechs before the framework was announced in november we actually caught up with jatender handu ceo of dlai to understand what sros are and what to expect from the guidelines Now that the framework has been officially released, Jatender joins us again to help unpack what these guidelines mean and their implications for the fintech ecosystem. Welcome back to India Fintech Diary, Jatender. Hi, uh, thanks, Elroy. Jatender, while you are you are a familiar face for us on the show, let's begin with a very quick introduction to yourself and DLAI, just for the sake of any new listeners that might have tuned in. Hello, everyone. My name is Jatender. I am CEO of DLAI. I have uh, Worked in banking and finance space for close to twenty years now, and uh, having been associated with banks like State Bank of India, HDFC Bank, Fino Payments, uh, Fino Paytech, and my most recent assignment for a long time with existing RBI recognized SRO for MFIs, uh, MFIN. So, and currently I'm with uh, DLA, and that's in short about me. Jatender, to start with. Can you give us a bird's eye view of what an SRO is, and what are some of the key callouts from the draft framework that the RBI released? Well, thanks. I think this is very interesting, Elroy. Uh, as as we know, most of us are aware that you know a self-regulatory organization is usually a non-government organization, which right. uh, helps in uh, basic standard setting and works along with the regulator, acts as a bridge between the industry and the regulatory agencies, but that's a one part but it has a broader role and responsibilities like you know ensuring responsible business conduct basically supporting it as far as fintech sro guideline draft framework is concerned uh, which rbi released in first month of uh, 2024 uh, some of the important callouts from that are you know if you see the document it is divided into six chapters including right. you know uh, what preliminary requirements are what are the characteristics and operations uh, you know expectations eligibility and membership functions and responsibilities and of course governance and so one of the very important and a critical aspect which rbi has you know enunciated very clearly 
and by the way you know rbi has very openly mentioned this uh, that this market is quite diverse fintech market in india is quite diverse there are different kinds of players which are operating uh, in the market broadly you know categorized into two levels on, on the basis of their legal form factor directly right. regulated by reserve bank of india and those which are not directly regulated with something like you know loan service providers or you know platform players however right. important to mention here that they are legally uh, you know valid entities to work in india because they work with their principal entities which are regulated and they follow uh, guidelines applicable to the principal entities so uh, so but only thing is that there, there is they are not directly regulated by reserve bank and second is on the business model side the different business models like on balance sheet lending off balance sheet lending or the hybrid model so uh, this diversity actually makes uh, the entire ecosystem uh, more robust and rich and rbi has recognized that and uh, solicited feedback from interested uh, you know entities or individuals who would comment on the draft guidelines now interestingly uh, membership strength is is valued as a key cornerstone for for a sro you know uh, the more diverse membership the more rich membership the kind of uh, more strong sro uh, will be but equally important is uh, the credibility and legitimacy which rbi has mentioned and the driving forces for credibility and legitimacy uh, are not just the rules or standard setting nature of an sro but ability to monitor uh, you know these rules and standards and implement these rules and standard uh, throughout its membership so that is important some of the important other pieces you know which are very important and rbi has mentioned like you know responsibility of sros towards reserve bank of india responsibility right. towards its members in terms of particularly on rbi side in terms of uh, you know data hub data repository if any inconsistencies are pointed out by reserve bank of india to conducting a due diligence or a uh, investigation on the field similarly you know focus on inclusivity say for example small startups or small size organizations how to represent their voice and provide them support and uh, you know strengthening members of sro in terms of enabling them to meet regulatory uh, guidelines to bridge the skill gap to work on uh, innovation frameworks and you know along with its members uh, to develop uh, a framework for uh, responsible innovation so i think these are some of the important aspects and others are you know like client grievance redressal mechanism systems uh, making sure that governance is in place and it is transparent and one of the important aspect which rbi has you know highlighted very clearly in the in the guidelines is the kind of independence of an sro as a public entity yeah. public trust credibility and reliability are very important so rbi clearly mentioned in its you know draft guidelines framework that uh, it's not guideline but a draft framework uh, that you know uh, it should be made it should be ensured that uh, sro is not tilted towards one or a group of few Uh, strong members and it is actually truly representative in nature so these are some of the quick uh, call outs from sro ft draft uh, framework which is out there for uh, jatender you raised some very interesting points uh, in terms of the diversity inclusion of a variety of members within the sro and so on 
I'm sure you must have seen a lot of this also play out in during your association with the microfinance SRO. So it'll be great if you could also draw some parallels in your experience on being associated with an SRO to also give us some kind of an insight into how uh, this might actually play out once the SRO start becoming operational. I uh, let me uh, you know add a little bit more. So as sure. of now, industry associations like ours, like DLAI, we are already functioning like an SRO. So those elements are there. But what we are we are we are asking for and we will be going for is a SRO recognition status by RBI. Now to answer your question, I have seen you know in microfinance industry also after under crisis in Andhra Pradesh state, uh, where the ordinance initially was uh, promulgated and then it became an AP Act where where virtually, uh, you know, all operations of microfinance institutions came to a grinding halt and it moved away from, the operations moved away from AP to rest of the country, but uh, it was a very tough time uh, for MFIs initially. And the way when SRO framework came up uh, and RBI played an instrumental role uh, in having that SRO framework and then recognizing uh, two uh, different uh, entities as SROs one after another. After that, we have seen that, you know, the entire, uh, even if you look at the microfinance, it started from NGOs, NGOs to NBFCs, NBFCs to NBFC, MFIs, and here comes, you know, SRO. And after within 10 years, you know, this this positive movement has taken place and SRO has played a very critical role in this particular segment from NBFC MFIs to small finance banks and universal banks. So the transition literally from NGO to a universal bank and throughout the role of, if you see the SRO as a regulatory intervention at a particular right. point, the kind of role it played in developing uh, right checks and balances, industry standards, industry infrastructure, support structure, providing providing support structure to you know institutions in terms of skills in terms of bringing educate technology in terms of providing trainings and taking voice of industry to appropriate uh, agencies including regulators and policymakers uh, so that there is a balanced and sustainable growth of an industry so uh, these are these are some of the you know very uh, important points in the journey of an existing rbi sro and the industry uh, as as a whole but what i also want to highlight here is you know uh, the expectations and the role which SRO plays, the, you know, basically there are two, broadly there are two pieces of regulation. Uh, one yeah. is a prudential part of regulation, which usually Correct. deals with, you know, capital requirements and then the liquidity and CRR and other pieces. So which is, which uh, which RBI or any central bank takes uh, very, it's, it's close to them and then they are into it. And second piece is uh, we call uh, uh, non-prudential regulations. Say, for example, the ones which deal with uh, conduct of business or which basically deals with the disclosures, disclosure part. And herein comes the role of self-regulatory organizations. Say, for example, what is the interest rate? How governance is like? What are the grievance redressal mechanism systems in place? And uh, things like that. So I think SRO plays a very critical role in this and uh, I have shared with you how that happened in uh, in the... Uh, Jatinder, also now uh, shifting the focus a little bit to uh, lending and DLAI, right? Uh, what are some of the benefits or implications you would see for uh, from the draft framework for the lending industry as a whole? 
and i'm sure you must have had a ringside uh, seat to this entire uh, piece uh, considering your role at dli and how uh, dli has been playing a pivotal role in uh, being the industry body as far as digital lending is concerned so elroy as i told you earlier you know dli has already been functioning as a industry sro and you know addressing many of these issues and supporting industry right from having a, a very uh, concrete code of conduct in place and recently we came up with the second version of the code of conduct which is being adopted by which is adopted by members of dlai to uh, providing them all uh, capacity building support not just that even on the customer grievance redressal mechanism side there is a uh, there is a architecture or a framework which looks into the grievances of customers and addresses that we also you know do uh, and work with our members on data uh, collection coming up with different industry reports uh, taking up critical issues like uh, unauthorized lending apps and the one uh, one recently is going on and also being a responsible uh, sro industry uh, deemed sro we are and i repeat we are not a rbi recognized sro but as an industry uh deemed as sro we also make sure that there's an inclusivity in ecosystem and having even startups within our fold and for this we have recently uh, signed up a mou with uh, with one of the leading uh, accelerators in this country and we'll be you know openly announcing it soon uh, so that we can provide adequate support to those startups which you know came out of that uh, fintech accelerator now coming to dlai's uh, you know that is how dlai is functioning right now the benefits it will bring to the to the to the industry as a whole and will help in a sustainable growth of a industry is uh, you know uh, it will of course the recognition of rbi will bring a great uh, endorsement or you know because it will be it will be rbi has clearly mentioned that it the sro functioning will be monitored by rbi and uh, and the way the perception or the way an industry association is looked or a new sro fintechs are perceived and looked by external stakeholders will also make a difference the difference it will uh, bring it into you know the the, the difference which in which it will bring into the system is mostly from uh, you know from the investors perspective it will bring more stability and standardization into the ecosystem uh, norms and uh, rules uh, will be more uh, you know adequately adhered and you know it will become more as i said earlier it will become it will bring more standardization and growth right. as we have seen in the in the other sros uh, right now as i told you in the beginning this entire industry is you know fragmented or diverse and there needs to be a cohesive uh, one set approach the 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 momentum and there's a huge business opportunity basically is around uh, i was going through one of the prominent reports uh, recently and it says that roughly 515 billion us dollars would be the size of digital lending in this country by 2030 so while there is a huge business opportunity there is it is equally important that you know industry is aligned and it works in sync with the expectations of a regulator so self regulatory organization plays a very critical role in ensuring that while understanding the practical viewpoints and uh, practical bounds of industry but also realizing the priorities of self regulator and uh, and doing that kind of uh, you know uh, uh, kind of taking that voice to the regulator 
and making sure that all regulatory concerns are taken care of there is a responsible market conduct of existing members and industry flourishes and grows so i think these are some of the important uh, you know value which sro will bring to uh, to the to the to the members in fintech ecosystem chachandra another point that i noticed in the uh, draft framework that the rbi released was a lot of emphasis on how the sro can actually help the rbi both in data collection from the members as well as uh, an analysis and dissemination of their information right So I just wanted to get your perspective also on how you've seen SROs in the past actually use data and its collection and dissemination to actually help the members grow. So this is a very important piece. Right now, we also rely heavily upon credit bureau data. But right. Once you are a RBI recognized SRO fintech, we we will have more access to data and ease with which members uh, you know will share this data will increase. now uh, once we have the industry or sectoral data it would be very helpful to come out with uh, you know open insights or sectoral insights and which will bring more transparency which will uh, i'm sure which will and and we have seen this in in other sectors like you know uh, it will become it will bring more confidence to the investor community to policy making uh, bodies uh, to yeah. the regulator and it will bring more openness into the ecosystem so that is a very crucial part and in fact the 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 data hub which rbi has made a mention in the uh, the the draft framework uh, that is an expectation and adequate use of technology to collect that data to uh, do all slicing and dicing of data and coming up with the industry insights that 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 will also help regulator to take informed calls and you know to uh, to 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 develop or build uh, regulatory frameworks uh, which are favorable and which are you know uh, good for uh, which are good for industry and customers both so i think these are some of the important uh, pieces which uh, this uh, sro fintech piece will bring in on on data side jatendra also remember seeing an article uh, sometime back about how uh... SROs would also need to incentivize members to sign up uh, and actually participate uh, in the in decision making and in uh, ecosystem building per se. Uh, do you have any thoughts on how this could actually play out from an SRO's perspective? Well, as I told you in the beginning, the strength of an SRO is its diverse membership. Right. If you have members who adhere to the standards and guidelines which you set as an uh, as a SRO. that will uh, you know uh, turn the key so so members are very important so uh, or maybe a bedrock of a sro uh, but what is also important uh, what i understand while reading those uh, that draft framework is a diversity of membership so uh, if you look at dlai we have a diverse membership right from on broader level regulated and non regulated entities both but then we also have you know players like enabling players like technology service providers because this is a fintech fin and tech both are there so while financial players are very important and they are regulated by rbi technology players are equally important because whenever there are any concerns or risks uh, in fact there is a there is a master direction on uh, outsourcing of technology services by rbi so so whenever there are there is any concern regarding the risks in fintech so technology uh, comes into play or technology standards and and other pieces of technology are uh, are discussed so 
we also have and considering that in mind i am i'm sharing this space with you we also have uh, india's largest technology players which are actively engaged into the fintech or provide services to uh, fintech uh, financial service providers to right. make them fintech to enable them to deliver financial services to the to customers so uh, that is important so, so that that brings uh, that is important and brings diversity and uh, third piece is also you know analyst groups or the enabling service providers like you know law firms consulting bodies and uh, research institutions that are also part of dla so diversity of membership is is very very important and it to make sure that the sro fintech represents voice collective voice of an industry so i think from that uh, perspective uh, incentivization becomes important but at the same time it is also important that it should not be discriminatory a membership should not be discriminatory and uh, there has to be a level playing field for all entities uh, being part of sro and that has to be a transparent and uh, very open excellent jatendra thank you for this insights into how this important uh, regulatory development will help shape the fintech ecosystem in india it was great having you on the show thank you so much alroy and thanks so much to your audience That's it from India Fintech Diaries this week. In case you haven't registered, please do sign up for the DLAI Fintech Conclave 2024. Now in its fifth edition, the event is on the 6th of March at ITC Maratha, Mumbai, and brings together digital lenders, technology firms, government officials, banks, NBFCs, investors, and various startups to celebrate the industry as well as plan the year ahead. This year's theme of fintech evolution, pioneering India's financial landscape. promises to be a timely topic as fintech matures in india so do attend and until next time stay safe